0: The following message is from LifeSource Christian Church MP3 Audio Lounge. More information about LifeSource is available at lifesource.org.au. Let's open to Matthew chapter 8. I want to continue what I started last week. Last week I, um, I gave you a commitment that as your pastor, I am committed to you being successful. See, I'm committed in helping you become successful. I I don't believe that God wants you to fail. I believe that God wants you to succeed. And I, as your pastor, want to share with you principles that will help you become successful. And, uh, you know, the world has its motivational seminars and their five principles to success. When you come here, you're going to hear God's principles of success because it's in this book The Manufacturer's Handbook, what's written in here is the God who created you and his principles for your success. And so what my commitment to you is, is that week in and week out, you're going to hear teachings from this book that will help you become successful in God. And that success will last forever and ever. And so last week, I shared with you the two most important principles of success, And that's simply obedience and faith. just wasn't complicated. And it's not complicated. It's not meant to be complicated. But if you obey, if you just obey God, if that becomes your guiding principle, I'll obey God, that will always lead you in success. Obedience to God will lead you in success. But this is what I've discovered. A lot of people don't have faith to obey God. It's like, oh, I don't know, oh, oh, uh, I'm not sure it's going to work. Well, that's that's like a faith, because faith says, if God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. If faith basically has an incredible God concept, and 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 today I'm going to spend a little bit of time trying to enlarge your faith, trying to stretch your faith, trying to give you. Great God concepts, so your faith can become stronger. How many of you interested in that? Okay, so let's read uh, in Matthew chapter eight what Jesus considered the greatest person that he'd come across in faith in all of his ministry up until that point. And uh, this guy wasn't even a Jewish man; he was a Gentile, and Jesus absolutely was amazed by his faith so that's why i've called this message amazing faith not amazing grace but amazing faith okay here it is matthew chapter 8 verse 5 now when jesus had entered into capernaum a centurion came to him now you know what a centurion is a centurion is a roman soldier who had oversight of at least 100 men That's what a centurion comes from, the Latin word uh, that means 100, centurion. And um, a centurion came to him, pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home, paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. How many of you would say, "Woohoo! Jesus has come into my place. How awesome is that? Get hold of the response of the centurion when Jesus says, I'll come and heal him. Verse 8 says, the centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes into another, come, and he comes into my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled. He was amazed. He was astonished. And he said to those who followed, Assuredly, I say to you, I've not found such great faith, not even in all of Israel. And I say to you that many will come from east and west and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the sons of the kingdom will be cast out into outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Verse 13, then Jesus said to the centurion, go your way and as you have believed, so let it be done for you and his servant was healed that very hour, that same hour. Wow, what a great story. How many of you love this story? I love this story. I love the fact that this man's faith grabbed Jesus' attention. I love the fact that that it wasn't very often that Jesus went, wow. But in this case, he went, wow. And uh, you know the the King James Bible says he was amazed. But really, in our language, it's wow. I've not seen such great faith, not in all of Israel. This is amazing. This is amazing faith. So what was so amazing about this man's faith? Well, let me share with you three things the centurion understood. Three things. This will help your faith. But this is what he just took for granted. Number one, he understood authority. I am a man under authority, he says in verse 9. What's interesting is that he introduces himself as a man under authority when he was a man of authority. He was a centurion. He could have gone around saying, I have a 100 people that I command. Everybody look at me. I'm a man that has a 100 men that jump when I tell them to jump but he didn't introduce himself as I too am a man of authority he introduced himself as I am a man under authority because as a centurion he had his commanders and his generals and the commander of the Roman legions that he was subject to And so what this man understood is that there is a line of command. He understood that in life there is this line of command and where you fit in this line of command that you need to have those in authority over you and those that are in authority to you. And just understanding where you fit in that line of command. Can, can I just say one of the problems that we have in the West is a problem called egalitarianism. It's one of the problems that we face in Australia. It's egalitarianism. And egalitarianism is simply the belief that we're all equal. And, uh, and you know what? In so many respects, we are. But what that equality negates is authority. And so, um, so I, how many of you remember when, when you used to go to school? Man, when I went to school, the teacher was the teacher. And so, when the teacher said something, you never back the teacher. You, you know, there was this respect for the teachers. How many of you that come from Asia understand what I'm talking about? But but, uh, but today, in egalitarian society, you, you, you can back-chat. You you can say well what makes you think that you have authority over me and that sort of stuff you know what I mean when a policeman walked into the room everybody was quiet you don't back chat you don't you, because you understand the line of command you understand authority one of the problems that we suffer in Australia is that there's no respect for authority uh, if the prime minister were to walk into the room in Australia our attitude is well he's just a man. And so we don't often, you know, we don't even, you know, talk about the prime minister. We talk about Turnbull rather than the prime minister. And, and, and the lack of respect is enormous in Australia. Whereas in so many countries of the world, they understand authority. And so some of you ask them the question... You're probably thinking about it, well, well, how, how, how did Ash go to India and see so many miracles happen, and we don't see that many miracles happen in Australia? Can I just say that one of the reasons is authority. One of the reasons is that in so many countries of the world, when someone walks in with authority, it's respected. Whereas in so many places in Australia, it's disrespect is is the, 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 the result of egalitarianism. And this soldier understood authority, authority and respect. And with authority and respect comes a release of miracles. This is what I love what Jesus said in Matthew 28 verse 18. This is what Jesus said. He said, all authority has been granted to me. All authority has been granted to me. I love that. All authority has been granted to me. But you know what? He doesn't stop there. Because there's a conjunction that comes with that. All authority has been given to me. And then in the next verse it says, Go therefore. So it starts with go therefore. And the go therefore is connected with, all authority has been given to me. And so what Jesus was saying is, I have all authority, and if you use my name, you have that same authority. How awesome is that? Authority. There's authority that comes to the Christian, and this is where your faith level needs to come, that as a Christian, you have authority. You have authority. You have authority there is something on your life as a christian that you can speak to circumstances and see them change because you have authority it's a greek word exousia exousia means delegated power how awesome is that so so uh, the classic illustration of this has been used for so many years but i'll use it again and it's 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 the classic illustration of a policeman who is doing traffic control. How many of you have seen policemen doing traffic control? How many of you have ever been stopped by a policeman doing traffic control? Fact is that a policeman has what's called exousia, delegated authority. And so when he stands in front of a great big semi-trailer, a B-double, how many wheels on a B-double? Something like 18 wheels. Is that right? 18 wheels incredible incredible power but when a policeman puts up his hand like this and commands the truck driver to stop that truck driver needs to stop not because the policeman is stronger than the semi trailer how many of you know the policeman is not stronger than the semi trailer if that semi trailer wants to it can just accelerate and kaboom you've got a very skinny policeman lying on the floor very flat but because he carries not only his weight, but the weight of the law behind him, that's exousia, that's delegated authority. We need to understand that as Christians, that God has given us delegated authority. The authority that Jesus has, he's delegated to us. Come on, that needs to make you feel like Clint Eastwood in a Spaghetti Western, if you're old enough to remember when Clint, Clint Eastwood would walk down that main sweet da-da-da. how many of you think i look a bit like clean this got that stagger and it's like i'm in town and i'm here to clean this town up because i've got authority i've got a badge that says i have authority not only i've got a badge to say i got authority but i got the six shooters in my pocket and i know how to use them and so you know there's just there's a swagger that comes on when you have authority And as Christians, you've got to understand that God wants you to use authority. And the classic illustration is this Ash, 22-year-old young man going to India, casting out all sorts of, of, of sicknesses in the name of Jesus because he has authority. Come on, come on, rise up to understand authority. The second thing that the centurion understood was the power of the spoken word. Come on, I want to spend a bit of time talking to you about the power of the spoken word, the power of your tongue, the power. And this is what he said. He says, hey, not only have I got authority, but I've got power. And my authority gives me power. So I can say to this person, go, and he goes. I can say to this one, come, and he comes. I say to this one, do this, and he does it. The power of the spoken word. Have have you got understanding of the power of your spoken word? And do you take control of your words? Because when you understand the power of the spoken word, all of a sudden you start to look out for the words that you speak rather than speaking rubbish. There's so many people that speak rubbish. That's because a lot of you have had rubbish spoken into your lives. I I will not say to a young person, you can't do anything. You know why? Because as a man of authority, I understand that my words have power. And I will not put someone down when I can lift them up. Can you understand that? Uh, we We had a guy in our church called Peter Daniels. Peter Daniels is one of Australia's wealthiest Christian entrepreneurs. And uh, he wrote a book for his teacher. And uh, it was, uh, You Were Wrong, Miss, Mrs., and I won't say the teacher's name, but the title of the book, if, if the teacher's name was Smith, it's You Were Wrong, Mrs. Smith. Why is that? Because when he was in primary school, she, bawled, she called him out and said, Peter Daniels, you will never amount to anything. And he had to counteract those words because his whole life he was living under the power of those words. And every time he was heading for failure, he would just remember the words of his school teacher that said, you will never amount to anything. You will never amount to anything. So words have got power. You've got to understand the words of your life. You know what? When I was a kid growing up, we were never taught this. We were never taught that words have power. And I can remember when I first started Bible school, just getting exposed to this teaching about words having power, the power of a positive confession. And it was like learning a brand new language. Seriously, it was like learning the language of faith because I'd been brought up with the language of doubt. And and what happens is this, is that we've got to learn a new language, a language of success, a language of I can rather than a language of I can't. Because there's too many people that have been indoctrinated with the language of I can't. And this centurion understood the language of I can. And he says, Jesus, all you've got to do is speak a word and my servant will be healed. I know the power of words. Come on. Do you know the power of words? And what are the words that you're speaking? Parents, how many parents have we got here? What words are you speaking into your kids? What words? Are you speaking words that will guide them into success? Or are you speaking words that will guide them into failure? They're hanging out for a positive word that will lift them up. And it is so easy in this negative world, to, out of anger, to speak stupid words, words of death. Proverbs chapter 18 verse 21 says, death and life is in the power of the tongue. First Peter 3.10 says, he who would love life, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. The scriptures are full of passages that talk about the power of the tongue. The book of Proverbs is full I can still remember in my early years of ministry when I was trying to learn this new language because I wasn't brought up with this new language. I was brought up with this negative language. My my father, was uh, that was the way that he was brought up. He was very negative. And consequently, because he was negative in that respect, my mother was very positive, but dad was very negative. He tried to change, but because he'd been indoctrinated as a kid growing up, Hey, hey, you know, that was the first thing that would come out, a negative word. We can't do this. I can't do this. I can't. I can't. Rather than And so I had to learn this new language. And I can still remember reading the book of Proverbs and underlining every single verse in the book of Proverbs that spoke about positive confession, spoke about the power of the tongue, the power of the word, and started just getting it into my spirit so that what would come out of my mouth was a new language, a language of faith. A language of I can rather than a language of I can't. A language of God can rather than a language of God can't. Just speaking positive, powerful words. That's the second thing that the centurion understood. What was the first thing he understood? The power of authority. Second thing he understood, the power of the word. And the third thing that the centurion understood was the power in the name of Jesus. I love this in verse 8 he says lord i'm not worthy that you should come into my roof i'm not worthy that you should come into my roof he's a gentile understanding the power in the name of jesus i'm not worthy you 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 are worthy you you are you got to understand that the romans felt so superior to the jewish people they were the victors and the jewish people were dominated but this centurion did not Use that mindset over them. He, I mean, he loved the Jewish people, no question about it. If you if you go to the book of Luke and read the passage in the book of Luke, you find that that uh, that he loved the Jewish people and actually built the synagogue of Capernaum. This Roman centurion, we went to visit the synagogue of Capernaum, sweetheart. This Roman centurion actually built it for the Jews. How awesome is that? He built the synagogue of Capernaum and uh, he gave the money for it because he loved the Jewish people. But when he saw Jesus, he didn't see just a Jew. He saw the Son of God. He said, I'm not even worthy that you should come to my house. Just speak a word because I know that there's power in your name. Power. There's power in the name of Jesus. I want everybody to say, there is power in the name of Jesus. Come on, I want you to say it again. There is power in the name of Jesus. I want you to say it one more time, but when you say power, really give the P a great big P. Okay, after three. One, two, three. There is power in the name of Jesus. Doesn't that feel good when you say power? Come on, power. Turn to the person next to you and go power. Don't spit in their face, but say power. Power. Power in the name of Jesus. There's power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. I want these words to resonate in your spirit. There is power in the name of Jesus. In Acts chapter 4, it says that there is no name under heaven whereby men might be saved. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is no other name under heaven whereby men can be saved. In in Acts chapter 4 verse 12, there is no other name. There's no other name under heaven whereby men can be saved. Philippians 2 verse 10 says... In the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. In Acts chapter 7, in Acts chapter 10, verse 17, it says, Lord, even demons are subject to us in your name. Come on, you've been given authority to use the name of Jesus. When you are confronting a situation, don't confess the situation. Confess the name of Jesus speak the name of jesus over every situation when you are facing a disaster i've trained myself when i'm facing a disaster i don't describe the disaster i don't speak the disaster i don't confess the disaster i just start speaking the name of jesus i say jesus help us jesus save us jesus intervene jesus you are the name above every other name things start to happen you want miracles in your life start speaking the name of Jesus you want success in your life start speaking the name of Jesus when you are confronted with a situation in your family just don't give up just don't give in just don't give up just don't speak the situation speak the name of Jesus you say but John how's that possible that's faith that's faith you just hang in there you just You know, there are situations, Anne and I still speak in the name of Jesus into situations in our family that have been going on now for ages and ages and ages, years and years and years. He said, but, 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 but hang on, hang on, I thought that you said this power in the name of Jesus. Yeah, but sometimes you just got to hang on, believing that there's power in the name of Jesus. But doesn't it happen instantly? Sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't. But that doesn't change that there's power in the name of Jesus. Oh, yeah, but if it doesn't happen instantly, that's where I'll lose my faith. Well, that's your problem. Right there, that's your problem. Because faith says, I don't lose it. Faith says, time is, time? Time? Time's in his hand. Time's important to me. It's not that important to God. What's important to God is me hanging on regardless of time faith is I'm hanging on if it happens instantly woo-hoo. if it doesn't happen for another 50 years it doesn't change what I believe oh pastor John don't say that because I want everything instantly that's your problem your faith is connected to instantaneous results whereas my faith is connected to his character and who he is that he is the God who was and is and is to come and whatever is happening now doesn't change who he is And if I'm still in the waiting process, it doesn't change who he is. He's the God who promised, and he's not a God that he should lie. He will bring it to pass. Why? Because I know there is power in the name of Jesus. Excuse me for getting excited today. But I just believe there's power in the name of Jesus. And I need for you to just understand that. Let me finish this day. I want to finish this message. My time's run out. I've got two minutes and 23 seconds. (laughs) I know that it's gone so fast because you're right there with me. But faith cannot be just a quote that you've memorized. Faith has to be a revelation in your heart that when it's tested, it just pops out because it's a revelation in your heart. And this is where revelation is so important that you understand it can't just be a quote that you've memorized it's got to be it's got to be this deep deep knowing it's a deep deep knowing that's what faith is is a deep deep knowing and when you have this deep deep knowing that's connected to your god understanding your god concept your god revelation my god's a good god that's the way that he is. My circumstance does not change his character. Whatever comes my way does not change who he is. He's a good God. But, John, how can you say that when you're facing so many situations in your church? People are in hospital. You know, people have got cancer. They've got tumors. They've got heart tumors and, and turmoils and, and tremors and stuff like that. How can you say God's a good, good God? My circumstance doesn't change who God is. My difference is this, is that in circumstance, I just turn to God. Because he's a good, good God. He's going to turn this thing around. He said, but, but John, people that you've loved have died. It still doesn't change the character of God. But, 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 But surely death is the end of it. No, not for us, it's not. Death for us is the beginning of eternity. Death for us is just a change of address. That's all it is. We go from living some address on planet Earth to living in a in heaven. That's all it is. But, but surely death is defeat. No, no, no. When Jesus died, he removed the sting of death. He removed the death, the defeat of death. And he says, death, where is your sting? It's now defeated because Jesus Christ is the resurrection and the life. So what do you mean? You mean that doesn't matter what happens, I get to win in Jesus. That's faith right there. That's faith right there. It doesn't matter what happens, we get to win. And we got to hang on to that forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. And that's what faith is, is just hanging on to a belief that God is gracious and God is good. What do you really believe, John? Oh, I believe that nothing is too difficult for God. I believe that all things are possible to those who believe. Believe what? Believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God, that he's the alpha and omega. He's the beginning and end. He is the king. He is the Lord. He is the sovereign God, that nothing is subject to anybody else but Subject to the name of Jesus. That's what I believe. And the Bible says, these signs shall follow those who believe. Believe what? Believe that Jesus Christ is the King, that Jesus Christ is the Lord. And today, all I want for you to do is to grab hold of this belief in Jesus Christ, the author, the finisher of your faith, the beginning, the end, the King of glory, the one who wants to come into your life and change everything, the one who wants to lead you into success, the one who wants to take your hand and say, come with me, and we'll enjoy eternity together. Today is your Day to step into the realm of faith today is your day to say i'm not going to be led by what i see or what i hear i'm going to be led by the holy spirit of god that opens my heart to the things of god i'm going to put faith in the author and finisher of my faith the lord jesus christ and if you do that today you will be led into success come on let's give the lord a great big hand of praise Thanks for listening to this message from LifeSource Christian Church MP3 Audio Lounge. We invite you to visit us online at lifesource.org.au to find out more about our church and to also access other free resources.